It is week eight in the Canadian Football League. Welcome to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara. Follow on Twitter at AndyMC81. Miss any of the show, don't worry. Just go to your local TSN radio website and go under the shows section. Check out CFL Weekly. Of course, we're delivered by Domino's, ladies and gentlemen. Go to Domino's.ca. Get a medium four-topping pizza for $9.99. That's it. If you want a large, don't worry about it. Three bucks more gets you a large at Domino's.ca. Great show for you today. Dan Barnes from... National Post. Go over what makes an elite CFL quarterback. So we'll swing around the CFL conversation of QB's incoming quarterbacks. Scott Cullen from TSN.ca with power rankings and CFL fantasy tips. And a special behind the helmet, Don Jackson, running back for the Calgary Stampeders, rookie. Very interesting dude. Stay tuned for that. Gotta shout out Mike Riley's performance. My goodness. All the attention last week was about the Johnny Manziel non-debut while Mike Riley put up over 400 yards in the air, leading the Eskimos to a 44-23 victory. And then he ran one in as well. 415, four touchdowns in the air, and ran one in as well. Five total TDs. Mike Riley, an absolute stud. Our Twitter poll question, at AndyMC81, is... Which of these quarterbacks will have the better debut as a starter? Which of these starters will have a better debut? Will it be McLeod Bethel-Thompson for the Toronto Argonauts? Argos making a QB change. Or Johnny Manziel of the Montreal Alouettes officially announced as the starter? You can vote at AndyMC81. Okay, let's get to three downs. It's time for Three Downs on CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara, bringing you inside the largest headlines around the Canadian Football League. First down. Everybody is in kind of, well, what have we got to lose territory in that, in that from, from you know, everybody in the organization? And, and that's not always an ideal situation to be, to, be, have a, to be stepping into, but that's what Johnny Manziel is going to step into Friday night. And as I just mentioned, Mike Sherman, head coach of the Owlets, made it official. Johnny taking reps with the ones this week. He will start in Montreal against his former team, the Hamilton Ticats. Here's John Liu of TSN breaking it down. Manziel says he's up and ready. He's running. He's been learning the playbook. He's getting more comfortable in the offense. Mike Sherman's observations reflect the same thing. And so the tandem from their Texas A&M days will ride again against the Tiger Cats on Friday with Vernon Adams backing up Manziel, also playing his old team. As far as practice today was concerned, on day two preparations, the defense was running a little bit faster, hotter, and quicker, and uh, pressured Manziel in first-team reps a little bit more frequently. Manziel, uh, completion-wise, went 15 for 20, and this is all part of the ramping up to game speed that Mike Sherman said that he liked seeing in practice and that Manziel obviously will have to get adjusted to as the rest of this week progresses in preparation for his first CFL start on Friday. Second down. Shake-up in Ryderville. Okay, lots to follow here for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Zach Caleros cleared to play. You still have Brandon Bridge going there. When Calaris will start or get in, still unknown. Hallelujah, Deron Carter is moving back to offense. Yes, yes, he is moving back to offense, Deron Carter. Finally, after defensive back, after the poor 
quarterbacks, Brandon Bridge, Watt for just when you needed the weapon most, Deron Carter was a defensive back. Now, Chris Jones has finally realized, hey, why don't we put our dynamic athletic freak of a receiver on offense where he has to be accounted for on every single offensive snap? Everyone. Every single one. So Deron Carter, great news that he's back. Polar opposite from the great news, Jerome Messam released and criminal investigation reportedly for voyeurism. And that has a max sentence of up to five years. He's being investigated. He's been released. No, the commissioner's office has said no other team can sign him during this period. And Farhan Lalji of TSN was put out from Messam uh, comments where he's saying, Listen, I appreciate all the people that have stood by me. Please don't forget how hard I worked on the field and the difference I tried to make in the community. And he can't comment on the charges, but his lawyers are in communication with the CFL and CFLPA. Very strange situation for the Canadian-born Jerome Messam out of Brampton. And that's, man, I I don't know what to make of that. I I really don't. That is, it's terrible news uh, as far as if it's true. Jerome Messam, who by all accounts have been an upstanding citizen and a great player in his day. So tons going on in Ryderville. Let's get to third down. Third down. You know, we're fluid right now in our roster, and we've got to find the best combinations. And we think we got closer this week. There's a, there's enough on tape to show our, show ourselves, because that's all that matters, that we're a much better football team than last week's score. Okay, and third down, more quarterback news. We had Caleros being cleared to play, and the Argonauts swapping quarterbacks. Q, McLeod, Bethel, Thompson, replacing James Franklin after his zero-touchdown, three-interception performance. They got throttled last week. So Franklin's out. Bethel Thompson in with the Argos at 1-5 and five in the season, hanging on a thread in a vital division matchup against the Ottawa Red Blacks. TSN's Matthew Shinetti reporting on the Argos QB change. But really, when you go back to training camp, James Franklin and McLeod Bethel Thompson, in the mind of the coach, were basically on equal footing. The one word that Mark Trestman hates is anointed. And even though James Franklin came in in January and in the mind of many of us was assumed to be Ricky Ray's heir apparent, the fact is the coach likes McLeod Bethel Thompson, likes the way that he asserts himself in the huddle, likes how he's vocal and communicates with his offense, and really likes his arm strength. So even though you look at the three-game losing streak and you might nitpick some of James Franklin's uh, maybe mistakes or some of the things that he struggled with in those particular two losses to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. The fact is, Mark Trestman, as he said, was always assessing his quarterback situation, and really it could have been any time that he was going to put McLeod Bethel-Thompson in because he really does like the other quarterback he has. So I'm sure some people out there are going, who is Bethel Thompson? He's never made a start, only thrown two passes in his entire CFL career. He is a bit of an unknown. So, Matthew, give us some background. Yeah, and many people, Brian, will look at his age and see that he's 30 years old and he's going to be making his first CFL start, and that's going to raise some eyebrows. But Bethel Thompson has been around. He was in about seven NFL camps. He was last with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in the CFL before being with the Argos last year. When you take a look at the Argos quarterback situation last year, Ricky Ray was in there predominantly, but then we saw Jeff Matthews, we saw Cody Fajardo. But for those of us who follow the Argos closely, when you said the name McLeod Bethel Thompson in that locker room, everyone simply called him McLeod because the respect 
respect he had earned, even without playing, was clear. I go back to those points I mentioned in my previous answer. The way he's vocal, his arm strength, the way he communicates. He obsessively worked last year to be such a part of what was going on on the offense. So even though there's a short week, just watch the way that he prepares on Thursday night because he is going to be injected in this offense. They're not going to go ahead and shorten the playbook for McLeod Bethel-Thompson. Even though we might not know him as a commodity, everyone in that Argos locker room trusts him. Yeah, so we are going to see what McLeod Bethel-Thompson has in store. He has bounced around the NFL and CFL, but the coaching staff pretty confident in him. And that brings me to our CFL Weekly Domino's Canada show poll. And folks, remember, we are delivered by Domino's. Get yourself for the games this weekend. Go get a medium four-topping pizza for just $9.99. If you want a large, they got you there too. Four-topping large for just $3 more. Check it all out at dominoes.ca. So our CFL Weekly TSN show poll. Which QB will have the more successful debut as a starter? Not popping onto the field, but as a starter. Will it be the Montreal Alouettes' Johnny Manziel or the Toronto Argos' McLeod Bethel-Thompson? Johnny Football or Bethel-Thompson, who will have the more successful debut as a starter? I'm going to say it will be McLeod Bethel-Thompson. I don't have much to go on to say why. The reason being, I have much more confidence in the quarterback guruism in that room with Mark Tressman, Ricky Ray, and Anthony Calvillo than I do necessarily with Montreal. And the fact that with Johnny Manziel, we've seen him at the NFL, but he hasn't started. Like Both guys have so many question marks, but Bethel Thompson is the more traditional drop-back quarterback, and that's the type in that type of system where Tressman has had a lot of success. So I think the debut, Bethel Thompson will do better long-term. If he's picking up the playbook, I think Johnny Manziel's ceiling obviously is way higher. We'll take the break. On the other side, it'll be Dan Barnes from the National Post to go over his QB evaluation. What makes an elite quarterback? A lot of QB talk coming up here in CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Whether you're in a hurry, out with friends, or just hungry, it's always a good time for Domino's Pizza. Starting June 11th, check out this deal. A medium four-topping pizza for $9.99. That's right, load up that medium pizza with a wide variety of fresh topping choices for only $9.99. Hungrier? No problem. Make it a large four-topping pizza for just $3 more. Order today and check out all of Domino's delicious pizza, side dish, and dessert options at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Welcome back to CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara. Get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. And as you know, folks, we're delivered by Domino's. Watch the game this week and get yourself a medium four-topping pizza for just $9.99. Make it a large for $3 more. Don't forget, try the irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Check out all the carryout and delivery deals at dominoes.ca. Excited to have my next guest from the National Post, Dan Barnes. He wrote a terrific article on elite quarterbacks and what takes to make an elite quarterback in the CFL. Dan, how's it going, man? Not bad, you? Not too bad, not too bad. So we had some, uh, well, we can't call him elite yet, but he will be playing. Uh, quick thought on Johnny Manziel being named the Montreal Alouette starter and kind of going on the premise of your article, do you feel Johnny Manziel has what it takes to become an elite CFL quarterback? Well, I suspect he does, but 
you know, that's like uh, that's a long bet. Yes. Um, <laughs> he's, his skill set is looks like it's tailor-made for the CFL. And, you know, it, people talk about him being something of a Doug Flutie clone, and we all know how much success Doug Flutie had up here. So it's the, the ability to scramble, the ability to think. He's got a decent arm. Uh, he's not afraid to take a hit. He, in fact, he'll take on a linebacker if he has to. You know, he, all those things look like it's going to work for him up here. Um, the thing is, will he become an elite quarterback in the 30-odd games that he's likely to play in the CFL before somebody in the NFL takes another sniff at him? You know, that's hard to say, especially with the uh, surrounding cast in Montreal, because it takes one of those to become an elite quarterback too. Mike Riley, you know, with uh, with lousy receivers and a, a soft running back is way less of a threat than he is right now. So it, all those things together, you know, <laughs> I don't think we're going to see Manziel play at an elite level before he leaves this league. Well, that's a, that's an interesting point you make there, Dan, because, yeah, it's a, a lot of it is about the surrounding pieces. I think for Johnny, it has to be, he has to show he can play, show he can uh, adapt and utilize his skill set to here, and stay on the straight and narrow, prove that he can do it. And that will go a ways to, to show maybe he deserves another chance in the NFL. Now, people also have to remember, it took Doug Flutie eight years, different time, more of a pocket-passing league the NFL was back then. But it doesn't mean after next year, if he does okay, that he'll go back to the NFL. No, that's for sure. You know, he, all those things have to be true, that he, he does have to... Uh... He has to dedicate himself to living, you know, the kind of life that uh, he can be happy with and the people around him can be happy with. That's really important. That's, you know, it's kind of cliche to say it, but that's more important than football. It clearly is. You know, it's long-term, sure. uh, stable mental health and all those things that goes into it. Once you get past that, is he going to be able to show enough to an NFL team in 30-odd games? I don't know. And I think... He may have said something out loud that it, you know, it might not just be two years up here. He might be in it for a longer haul. Well, that will only be determined by the level of interest in the NFL because if he senses a real opportunity to go down there again after next year, you know he's gone. So it just the opportunity has to be right. He has to put up the kind of numbers that put people's eyebrows up. And again, he might not be able to do that in Montreal. Yeah, well, yeah, so maybe that means a different location at some point. Interesting. In conversation with Dan Barnes of the National Post, chatting about his article, What Makes a Quarterback Elite in This League? So we talked about the news of the day with Johnny Manziel getting, becoming the starter with Montreal. So, Dan, let's go right to the topic here, and I encourage people to check it out online again at the nationalpost.com. But what does it take to become an elite quarterback in the Canadian Football League today? That kind of depends on who you ask. There hmm. are... So I asked quarterbacks, and some quarterbacks think that if you don't have a great cup and if you don't have a most outstanding player award in your pocket, then you're not exactly elite. Now, I think elite is it's a, uh, it's a standard. And elite quarterbacks, there's only nine starting quarterbacks at work at any one time. So Matt Nichols would argue that they're already elite that there's nine there, there's 32 in the NFL, that's 41 people, and he said, out of a world that has over 7 billion people, and that makes <laughs> them elite. Well, that's an interesting take. But is there, are there levels inside that nine starting quarterbacks? And there are, obviously. Would you rather have Jonathan Jennings 
or Mike Riley? Would you rather have, you know, Trevor Harris or Bo Levi Mitchell? I think a lot of people would take Mitchell and Riley. And I think if you're, if you drill down deep enough, those are the elite quarterbacks. That might be it. Trevor Harris hasn't proved himself yet. Matt Nichols is right there, but Matt Nichols doesn't have an MOP and he doesn't have a great cup. And maybe if he gets one of those or both of those, you know, he's the next guy to join that group. And, Again, there's all kinds of ways to argue this about pure passing numbers and efficiency numbers. You know, is there an elite level there in quarterback efficiency? Is it 105? Is it 95? There's all kinds of benchmarks that you could use. But I don't know, just having watched the league for a long enough time, you just get the feeling that it begins and ends with Mitchell and Riley right now. Yeah. Unless, unless of course, Ricky Ray was healthy and playing because – Clearly, he belongs there. Sure, exactly, for guys on the field right now. And I think, too, Dan, it's a bit of a rev- an evolving status with Elite. Because you mentioned some players saying, okay, well, an MOP or a championship. Well, you can get those over your career. So it almost seems like there's a end-of-career Elite status and then an evolving one as your career goes along. Something that, hey, Matt Nichols, this is only his second full year as a full-time starter, so he hasn't had a chance really to fully reach that level. Exactly, and that's another thing with Riley and and Mitchell, right? They've had more time as starting quarterbacks than Harris and Nichols. And as Mitchell argued in the piece, Harris and Nichols had to go to teams that weren't ready-made for success. You know, Ottawa was (laughs) brand new, out of the box, Uh, so Winnipeg couldn't win a game, couldn't have a winning season. And so there are challenges. You know, Mitchell stepped into a great, great franchise in Calgary and has made it better, clearly. You know, with a, I think his starting record now is something like 62, 10, and 2. Wow. You know, it's, it's over 800 and it's an over 850 winning percentage. That's insane. So he's, you know, that one stat alone, I suppose, would make him elite. But, again, it it depends on on your situation. It depends on your coaching. It depends on your personnel around you, all these things. And at the end of the career, as you mentioned, that's the all-time great stuff, right? I think that's when that changes from elite to all-timers. And Ricky Ray is an all-timer. Ricky Ray will head into the the Hall of Fame as, as soon as they let him, and he will have proven it over 15 or more years that he was, he got there, he got to an elite level, he didn't get there right away, obviously, nobody does. Sure. But he maintained that level, and he won four Grey Cups. Um, You know, that's a pretty big deal, and that makes him one of the all-timers. In conversation with Dan Barnes of the National Post, talking about elite quarterbacks and what makes an elite QB in the CFL. And I think, too, Dan, like you said, some players are put into ideal situations, but also there has to be something said and credit given for if you're put in an organization that is performing poorly and you elevate them to a status, maybe not even a championship level, but a playoff team and grow them from there. If you're the core reason that that team gets a turnaround, I think that has to be taken into account too, doesn't it? And I think it applies, you're right, I think it applies to Matt Nichols. He's not the yeah. sole reason. You could argue that Andrew Harris has a great deal, right? He's sure. got a great deal of influence on that team. Um, just joining it this year, Adam Big Hill is, has solidified the defense. They weren't quite sure about their linebacking. They certainly are sure about it now. 
But yeah, Nichols went to Winnipeg. He's turned it into a perennial playoff level team. Um, if he could stay healthy, you know, he, he'd be even better. Um, that's been the thing with him. He's, he's just been too injury prone in whatever it is, you know, three of the last four or four of the last, whatever, whatever the numbers are. Um, if he were to stay perfectly healthy, he's got all the tools. He's a guy that, uh, his teammates really like to play for. Um, they like his toughness. They like his leadership. He's not overbearing. He's just confident. He's just, uh, and, and the, the tools are all there, right? The arm strength is there. He can run on occasion when he has to, and it's, it's a bit of a, a tendency breaker for defenses to watch for. So it's, you know, he'd be that guy. And, yeah, you're right. If you can go to a team that isn't having any success and you take the, the reins and they have success, that builds a level of argument for you in this uh, elite versus non-elite quarterback thing. Well, Dan, it's a fascinating piece and conversation, and I encourage everybody, again, check it out, nationalpost.com. Uh, Dan, thank you so much. You bet. Thanks for having me on. That was Dan Barnes from the National Post. Again, folks, check that out, because you get into what elite means, right? It's a, kind of that, that weird word that kind of hovers, and he really breaks it down by talking to other quarterbacks, talking to QBs in the league. What does elite mean to them? It's a great Great read. NationalPost.com and uh, under Dan Barnes. So, well done there. We'll step aside after the break. It'll be Scott Cullen with Power Rankings and CFL Fantasy Tips coming up a little bit later on and behind the helmet. Calgary Stampeders running back rookie Don Jackson. Don't miss that. A lot more CFL Weekly coming up across the TSN Radio Network. Welcome back to CFO Weekly. You're listening across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara, and folks, we're delivered by Domino's. As you know, you can get a medium four-topping pizza for just $9.99, and if you're hungrier than that, just $3 more. Check out all the menu items, dominoes.ca. I keep telling you for over a year, the marble cookie brownie for dessert, give it a try as well, but check it all out at dominoes.ca. All right, for power rankings and CFL fantasy tips, tsn.ca, Scott Cullen on the line. Scotty, how are you? Awesome. How you doing, Andy? I'm doing well, man. Let's get to the power rankings first. And, um, well, we were all waiting and, and hoping for Johnny Manziel last week. That did not occur. Uh, and so now, whether he starts, doesn't, I'm not trusting that coaching staff or just until I see him on the field. So I'm not buying anything out of it. The Montreal Alouettes got... Um, if we were maybe fooled a little bit on an uptick from a few weeks ago, I think we're back to them being in the basement, right? Yeah, yeah, they are in the basement, but I have to say, the Toronto Argonauts are making a spirited push uh, <laughs> to get down there. It's uh, yes. it's quite a race between the two of these teams. And um, look, and if you look at the quarterback situation now, mm. I mean, if Manziel comes in and plays for the Alouettes. I have to like their chances better than McLeod Bethel Thompson um, yeah. for the Argonauts. Now, I mean, I, I say that not having a great deal of experience seeing McLeod Bethel Thompson, you know, play serious football. Right. So we'll we'll have to see how how it plays out. But I, I think you know, if you had to kind of pick one or the other, you would have to like Johnny Manziel's chances at success a little bit better. I think so. Um, but 
you know, we'll, we'll see how, how they do going forward. I think, you know, M- Montreal, we knew when they made the deal for Menzel that they were kind of going nowhere fast and, right. and they needed something to really jolt their team. Um, and so, you know, give, give Menzel a shot and, and see what happens. I, I, I understand, you know, why you didn't necessarily put him in in the very first week if, if he wasn't ready to go. Um, but um, I, I think, you know, the, the sooner they can turn that page and get going with uh, with Manziel, they'll find out whether or not they they actually have something there. Exactly. Um, you know, in the case of Toronto with McLeod Bethel Thompson, I'm, you know, I, I think this is born out of desperation. You know, they got a couple of decent starts out of out of James Franklin when they, when they split uh, against Edmonton, but the past two have been pretty miserable. And uh, when when you see that, I think the Argonauts are you know almost throwing up their hands going, all right, we have to try something else. And and McLeod Bethel Thompson, you're up next. Right. Right. I, I like how you put that. A spirited push to the basement. <laughs> of the, hey. You're not wrong. They're not putting up points. No touchdowns, three interceptions, and we've seen Franklin regressing each week, which is yeah. obviously in the wrong direction. And I, uh, Scotty, we can look at this one or two ways with McLeod Bethel Thompson. It's either okay, the Red Blacks have no tape on him, so maybe he'll surprise them. Yeah. The other side, <laughs> you, you look career-wise, guy's been a journeyman around the NFL. So he hasn't been able to stick. That doesn't happen by accident. There's a reason, um, but he's going to get a shot. Yeah, you know. Yeah, this is it. it, for him. it um, like th- this is the the reason why I'd be a little more optimistic on Mandel. Not not that Johnny Mandel's NFL career was something uh, <laughs> you know a sight to behold, uh, but you know we saw some of you know, Johnny Mandel. You know he got some game action, mm-hmm. and we saw him even in the preseason this year where he could kind of go, okay, you know I can see something there that um, you know the success he had in college. You can see that you know there's a chance that it could translate to the, the Canadian Football League. I don't know that it, we even have that on McLeod Bethel Thompson. I mean, no. I'm sure you know coaches in the league have seen McLeod Bethel Thompson's tape, but you know us in the general public uh, don't have a lot to to go on when it comes to McLeod Bethel Thompson, and so we kind of have to. Um, Go very conservatively, I think, in, with any expectations for the Argonauts right now. Scotty, does anybody need a nickname more than McLeod Bethel Thompson? That is like a, <laughs> just an hour thing. His name every week, McLeod. Like, like I, I'm calling him the law firm. MBT, you know, MBT. <laughs> I think the law firm, right? The, the law firm of McLeod yeah, Bethel yeah. Thompson. Like it's just, it. We need something shorter for this guy. But hey, Mark Tressman is, uh, he's high on him. So the Argos and Alouettes battling for the basement there. Calgary, obviously six and zero, firmly atop. Edmonton and Winnipeg. Yeah. Those two, Scotty, are very interesting to me as far as who you think is is trending upwards, and maybe both of them are, because they're kind of like a, a, maybe like a 2A, 2B type of thing. Exactly. And, and you know, they, um, you know, we, we've talked in the past that it's kind of like Calgary and then this giant blob of, of yeah, teams yeah, behind yeah. them. Well, I think Edmonton and Winnipeg are starting to separate themselves from the rest of that blob, and, and they should. You know, coming into the season, I had higher hopes for Edmonton, but a lot of that's based on, on Mike Riley, a quarterback, and when you see the, the kind of numbers he put up last week, you know, pass for 415 and, and four touchdowns and rush for another touchdown, like, you know, that's that's the kind of thing that he's capable of. And, and you know, Riley, I think he, he's leading the league now in, in passing yards and passing touchdowns, tied for the lead in rushing touchdowns. Like, the guy's an impact player. And, and so, when he's playing at at a high level, then Edmonton can kind of separate themselves from uh, from the rest of the league. Um, and, and then in Winnipeg's case, yeah, they've been they've been very good as well. And certainly with Matt Nichols back, I think they have a higher ceiling um, than than they would have earlier in the year when they were running out a rookie at quarterback. And so, um, yeah, Edmonton and Winnipeg, like you say, I think they are kind of a, a two and two A. Um, 
behind Calgary, um, but they are starting to kind of pull away from, you know, the rest of the league where, you know, you have Saskatchewan and um, Ottawa and Hamilton. Hamilton, who can rack up yardage but somehow can't score touchdowns can't score. in a league that has 20-yard end zones. Um, <laughs> you know, that it's that those teams all kind of have flaws that were, um, you know, what were – waiting to see whether or not they can overcome them. And look, in Saskatchewan's case, a little bit more reason to be excited is if Zach Claros is coming back. Mm-hmm. You know, quarterback has been a uh, an issue, I would say, over the last you know month or so with Claros out. You know, Brandon Bridge has uh, steered them to a couple of wins, but he's also been hyper conservative. Now, I don't yeah. I don't necessarily put that on Bridge. I think that's probably play calling um, that. You know, results in them, you know, not throwing the ball down the field, uh, not not playing Jerron Carter at wide receiver for most of this time. Um, you know, and, and if Caleros comes back and you have Jerron Carter at wide receiver, and maybe Neman Roosevelt, uh, you know, gets back on track with a, a quarterback who will throw down the field, like you can see some reason for optimism. But um, you know, I still think you have this kind of lump of teams that were Saskatchewan and BC and Ottawa and Hamilton that you know, from one week to the next, we're not quite sure what we're getting. Isn't it funny how Montreal just cures what ails you, Scotty? Right? Like, like, it's like <laughs> Mike right. Riley had he had it was over forty fantasy points last week. He had uh, he pretty much doubled his previous two weeks' output total, and and Montreal did that. So we always we always say on this show on CFL Weekly, you have to take the Montreal factor into effect when buying the next week. But Mike Riley's one of those guys. It you know it, this might have shaken him out of his mini slump uh, as far as yeah. really big output, and he, he has a chance. Yeah, well, that's the, you know, the, the interesting thing, right? <laughs> is if you're looking at uh, week to week, playing against Montreal's defense is a good way to go. Um, and, and so then this week we we get the immovable force and the uh, irresistible object or whatever we is because Hamilton, you know, a team that's been able to put up yards. So you'd have to look at them as as having some some upside. But at the same time, Hamilton has had the hardest time punching in touchdowns. Really weird. Um, and so that's. You know, kind of what you're uh, going to hope is that if you jump in on, on some Hamilton guys, whether it's Jeremiah Masoli or, or receivers, I mean, look, Jalen Saunders had a uh, great game for them last week. Uh, but if you get in on any of those guys, you have to hope that, okay, this is the week that Hamilton finally starts scoring touchdowns to match up with their yardage. And, you know, and it's not an unreasonable uh, expectation because they're playing Montreal and Montreal, uh, you know, tends to give up a lot of points. Yeah, we 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 we've gotten that over the year. Yeah, uh, in conversation with Scott Collin from TSN.ca on Twitter at TSN Scott Collin. Let's go more into the fantasy side, Scotty. Deron Carter, he's back finally as a wide receiver, and his price is three thousand seven hundred sixty-three bucks. We know the talent of this guy, and he can explode at any time. I'm slapping him into the lineup at that price. Just I'm not sure what to expect, but at that price, I'm going to take a shot on Jerron Carter. I agree. It's worth it for the price. And, and I mean, look, it's <laughs> one of the things about CFL fantasy is that, you know, sometimes player usage is a little bit uh, inconsistent. Yeah. You know, like like if you're, if you're a top receiver in, in the NFL, it's not like, they would suddenly say, okay, we're well, not playing offense for the next month. You're just going to go play <laughs> de- defensive back. Yeah. Like, that's not a thing that really happens. And, no. But all of a sudden that, that happened with Deron Carter this year. And you're like, okay, I guess if that's what they're doing. Um, and so, you know, we've seen what Deron Carter can do at wide receiver. We know that he's capable of having, you know, huge games. Uh, and, and so at that price, yes, it makes all kinds of sense. Um, but you're also plugging him back in there with, you know, very minimal offensive action over the past month. And so, yeah. um, you know, 
that that explains why the price is where it is. And but you know, if you're if you're kind of taking a gamble here, like even to fill out say a flex spot, that that's well worth it. You know, you take it on a guy who who might be able to go for a hundred yards and score you a touchdown. Well, that that would make it all worthwhile. Exactly. Now, running back, and this is always tricky because I'm leaning towards James Wilder Jr. He's under eight thousand seventy eight oh seven because we mentioned McLeod Bethel Thompson. We don't know what to expect. I would assume they would want to lean on Wilder, but unfortunately for the Argos, Ottawa knows this, and they could stack the box. Yeah. And boy, Wilder's been inconsistent. I, I'm I'm a little uneasy at that price. Are you a fan of plugging Wilder in this week? This is this is the the challenge. Like I, I'm 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 in the same kind of position as you in that yes, they're probably going to give Wilder a lot of a lot of action. Um, you know, he had 132 yards and a touchdown on 19 touches, even though the the Argos got stomped last week. Uh, but you know, do you do you kind of want to invest eight thousand dollars in a running back uh, when the other team obviously knows that this running back might be the only threat um, that can really hurt them? And, and so uh, I'm, I'm I, I kind of I've toyed with with Wilder, uh, and then kind of as, as I started filling out the rest of my roster, I was like, eh, I, I, I might go somewhere a little bit cheaper. Uh, on the running back side, just because that that seems like a steep price uh, given the rest of uh, Toronto's offensive situation, and so right. you know, like Wilder, and, and one of the things with Wilder, and um, you know, this, this past week wasn't so bad, but in previous weeks he had a really hard time running. Like, yeah, if he's been putting up yardage, it's been in the passing game, right. and and look, they might do that with with Bethel Thompson, you know, make give him a bunch of short passes to Wilder and let him, um, you know, eat up yardage, but you know, he's had some some stretches where he's run for you know under three yards per carry and you know that's not going to do a whole lot for you um you know and you're going to be really dependent on the passing game so i'm i'm i guess i i'm steering a little bit clear of wilder just because i couldn't fit in the rest of the players that i wanted it's got a last one for you here i'm bullish on greg ellingson for the red blacks he's been down and we were used to him last year in the first chunk of this year really lighting it up but 6.4 7.7 he hasn't had double digit fantasy uh output since week number three but this is an Argos defense they traded TJ Heath for again mm-hmm. <laughs> for yeah. poor guy keep me out of the Toronto trade, TJ. Yeah. yeah he's he's out for uh Ryan Bobbin offensive lineman so that Argos defense might be in a position to be had I'm, I'm thinking Ellingson 6200 bucks it's a it's lower than he's been in the past do you like Ellingson this yeah. week yeah so that's not a bad buy low option here yeah on, on Ellingson like it, it, it seems lately with with Ottawa, Sinopoli has become, right. um, you know, the preferred target for, for Trevor Harris. But, I, you know, I don't think we can just, you know, ignore uh, Greg Ellingson's production, you know, overall last season for sure. And then even the first couple of weeks this year, he was, he was very productive. Um, you know, so he's gone through, you know, I guess, three or four weeks where it hasn't been so good. Um, you know, I think it's four straight games now he's been held under 50 yards. Yeah. But, you know, given given the previous production, yeah, I, I don't mind Ellingson at that price. And, like, you, you know, as we sit here and, and say, oh, yes, go up against Montreal, that's, that's, that'll cure what ails you. I, I think we can make a, a similar case for Toronto that, uh, you know, if, if you can find a player like Ellingson who's, whose price is depressed a little bit from, from what might normally be, uh, getting him up against Toronto is a, a pretty decent opportunity. Awesome stuff as always, Scotty. Thank you so much. And people can find your power rankings, statistically speaking, and all that good stuff on tsn.ca. Thanks so much. Anytime. Thanks, Andy.
That was Scott Cullen from tsn.ca. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at TSN Scott Cullen. Always great info coming there from Scotty. We will step aside, come back. Don Jackson of the Calgary Stampeders in a behind the helmet and my week eight game picks. That is, we get ready to wrap up CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Back to wrap up another edition of CFL Weekly heading into week eight here on TSN across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara. Make sure to give me a follow on Twitter at AndyMC81 on Instagram at AndyMC Sports. You can vote on our Twitter poll as well at AndyMC81. Okay, folks, behind the helmet time. And I went out west. It's our first trip out to Calgary this season in behind the helmet. And it is with the rookie Calgary Stampeder running back Don Jackson. This dude is interesting. Outside of football, inside of football, he is a grinder, and he has had a great start to his career. Let's have a listen. Joining me now, a very special behind-the-helmet guest, CFL rookie running back with the Calgary Stampeders, Don Jackson. Don, how's it going? Pretty good, boss. Pretty good, boss. Excellent. So this is this will be for the fans across the CFL. You've come in with a bang to get to know you a little bit better. So let's get to it. Before coming to Calgary, had you ever traveled to Canada before? Did you know anything about the Canadian Football League? Uh, yeah, I, I definitely knew about the uh, about the CFL for sure. Uh, I had a couple teammates, uh, Cody Fajardo. Um, a couple boys that uh, you know went to college with, a couple guys I worked out with, with down there. So I definitely uh, knew about the CFL, but had never been to Canada. So I'm happy I finally got here and got to see what this is like, and I love it so far. Absolutely. And what surprised you most about the CFL game when you came to the Stampeders? You got settled in, you started playing. What surprised you? Um, to be honest, uh, talent. I, uh, hmm. You know, everybody had the perceived notion that you know. It would be like, oh, it's gonna. There's not gonna be a lot of good guys around you. This, this, and that. You step out on that field and it's straight dogs. You know what I mean? I think, I think every game is every game. There's there's guys on the other side of the ball that you know just as good. Um, and I think that was that was the perceived notion that you know I think it just everybody on the outside kind of gives. And when you step in these locker rooms and you step on the field, it's it's, it's a bunch of dogs everywhere. Right, and now you can be an ambassador for the league and come back and say, this is no joke, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, hey, man, hey, no, I don't want to hear no bad talk about this. <laughs> That's, That's, right. That's right. Now, you joined a perennial contender in Calgary, a lot of star power. Let's talk about your teammates for a second. Who is the uh-huh. best-dressed and the worst-dressed teammate for you? Best-dressed teammate, uh, Mark and Michelle, ah. without a doubt. He really know what he's doing. I'm telling you, he, <laughs> he's strategic when it comes to dressing and uh, – he don't take any days off, so and it's actually ah, see, it's a split. I mean, it's not a split yet. It's market for sure. I say DD number two. Worst dress on the team would have to be, with all respect, Will Langless because he doesn't care. Like he he, he doesn't care what he's up there. He's a he's a guy that you'd be like, hey, let's get ready to go somewhere, throw something on, and he will literally throw something on. Like it doesn't matter what it is, he's gonna throw something on. So definitely. Uh, Mark and Michelle willing. That, that, now, that, that's some confidence, though. If you can just throw anything on and go out on the town, that's some guts, right? Yeah, because he's a, <laughs> I mean, he's a confident dude. Right. He, he, he believes in his perso- personality, his looks, and all of that. There so you- he's just like, I'll let the rest ride out. That's right. Now, you've been in Calgary for a while now. What do you like to do for fun? Go out to eat, keep busy when football is done for the day? 
Um, I, I mean, when football is done, I mean, we just – we like to prepare a lot. So we still – I mean, when we get home, we try to get in our playbooks and get on some film a little bit. But if we're not, uh, I, 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 I'm a foodie, man. I love to eat. I like to go different places and eat. Uh, and I like to make music, man. When in the off time, if I'm not eating, I'm trying to make music, I'm trying to write music. Oh, really? What type? What type of music? Do you have anything? Uh, do you have anything down? Oh yeah, rip, uh, rap, a lot of rap hip hop. I actually just released the. Uh, I just released my first. Well, I call it the rookie tape. My my first project. I released it on iTunes and. And Spotify and everything. It's called Jack of All Trades, and uh, I think it's a good uh, it's a good twist of the hip hop, a little West Coast, East Coast feel, and you know, trying to trying to split in between both of that and uh, a lot of lyrical stuff. So actually, uh, go get that. Go get Jack of All Trades if you get a chance. That's awesome, man. So that's on iTunes and on Spotify. Okay, folks, check that out. Jack of All Trades. Awesome. Okay, so let's get to uh, some get to know Don Jackson questions further here. Did you have a nickname growing up? Yeah, I had a few. Uh, I think the one that snuck, uh, stuck the most was Sneaky. They called me a little Sneaky when I was growing up. Uh, I guess it's just, I don't know, a football, just being out. I guess that's just how that came. Right, be, being elusive on the field. And I'm always small. And they, and they say I'm, I'm, I'm small but Sneaky strong. You know, ah, small, Sneaky fast. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So your favorite cheat day food, you said you're a foodie, so that can be a dessert, fast food, whatever. What, what's, what's kind of a cheat day food for you? Oh, cheat day food. Um, I'm definitely going like, I'm probably on like, oh, man. That's tough because it's hard for me to separate cheat days and days of right. night. <laughs> um, <laughs> They're probably coming in the off season. I would have to say, like, definitely, like, soul food. Like, uh, the most unhealthy soul food you can think about, that's where I'm going. That's there you go. There you go. Uh, what was your favorite sports team to follow growing up? There you go. And did you have, did you have a favorite player? Uh, my favorite player, I mean, LeBron James is definitely my favorite player, but he, he plays for the Lakers now, so um, I'm going to support him, but from afar. Right. For the Lakers. <laughs> I really can't, but right now, uh, Damian Miller is probably my favorite player in the league. There you go. And if you were not a professional athlete, what job or career would you be interested in doing? So if you couldn't play football, what would you want to do for a job? I'll try to get a record label going, to be real. Ah, there, and you already started. I'll try to get a record label going. Yeah, yeah, try to get a record label going. Or, uh, or work in uh, athletics. Okay, does, does like coaching or uh, front office stuff ever have interest to you when you think you're done playing? Um, I had a mentor in college named James. He, he worked with me real close. But I, I liked his job. Uh, he, he helped me get through school. He helped me, you know, stay on track. And I would probably like to do, all that, do that for someone else, too. Awesome, awesome. And uh, a couple more for you here. Your favorite movie all time. You get one to pick. Fade and Fool. Done. Mackay Pfeiffer. <laughs> Done. And favorite TV show, top TV show all time. The Office. The Office? Right now, The Office, yes. Yes. Are you binge watching it on Netflix? Every day. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favorite character then? Who'd you got? Uh, I would have, this is between Michael and, and uh, uh, it might be, it's, it's probably Stanley, but I kind of I, I'm torn between Stanley and Mike. Right. <laughs> There's no wrong answer for that show. 
That's beautiful. Definitely no wrong <laughs> Don, thank you so much. You've been a pleasure to watch so far, and good luck the rest of the season. I appreciate you, boss. Thank you for having me on. That was Don Jackson of the Calgary Stampeders. Really interesting guy. And, hey, make sure to check out his album, too. Okay? Check it out. I haven't heard it yet. I'm sure it's, it's good. He's a great running back. Maybe he's a good musician as well. Okay, let's get to the Week 8 picks. Begins Thursday night. Toronto hosting Ottawa in a must-win scenario for the Argonauts. The law firm McLeod Bethel Thompson in there making his debut. The Red Blacks don't have film on him, but for Bethel Thompson, you don't know what to expect. Which way do you go? How effective is James Wilder going to be? Is that going to be the focus of the Red Black defense? I think it should be. Shut Wilder down and make Bethel Thompson beat you. This is a real wild card. Uh, Argos need it bad. Red Blacks with a victory put some real distance between themselves and the rest of the division. I think it's close. It's interesting. Bethel Thompson fares well. But Ottawa ends up taking it and improves to 5-2. and two. That's my gut feeling there. Saskatchewan and Edmonton. Now, Jerron Carter is back as receiver. Finally, Mike Riley coming off of that 400-plus yard four-touchdown performance. The spanking of the Alouettes. Man, this is close. This is going to be real close. And if Saskatchewan wins, it tightens up that division something fierce. I believe it will be Edmonton at home. I think it was the other way. Maybe I'd give the edge to Saskatchewan, but I will go Eskimos at home. That is the doubleheader game on Thursday, the late game. Uh, then Friday, Hamilton and Montreal. I don't care if Johnny Manziel's starting with Vernon Adams in and out or not. I don't trust what that coaching staff or organization says about Johnny playing. I'll go Ticats, but Jeremiah Masoli, brother, you better start scoring yourself some touchdowns. I don't care about these 300-yard games anymore. Start scoring some TDs. Then Saturday, the finale for Week 8, BC into Calgary. The Lions, a little spunky. I like what they're doing with Travis Lule. He is back doing what we know Travis Lule can do, but this Calgary team is just so good. And I'm going with a rebound from our guy, Don Jackson, and behind the helmet. Big running game for him. Bo Levi lights it up, and we have Calgary putting up 30-plus points. Give me the stamps at home. All right, folks. Well, that'll do it for week eight. If you miss any of the show, get us on iTunes. Go to your TSN radio local website. And under the shows section, you can find CFL Weekly. I have the uh, link pinned as well on Twitter at AndyMC81 and on Instagram at AndyMCSports. So lots of places to find the program. Hope you enjoyed it and enjoy the games, folks.